Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture. Look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to Dynamite tonight, the second anniversary show. It's come around quickly, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Too quickly, because... The worst adage, I don't want to piss on anyone's chips out there, but the worst, cruelest, most accurate adage is that no wrestling promotion is hot and brilliant forever. And this one's flying by because we're all having fun. <laughs> Maybe this will be the rule-proving exception, but yeah, this these halcyon days are accelerating by far too quickly. Like, um, don't Just a measure of how awesome the show is. Yeah, I don't want to get too carried away, but I think... This might be my favourite anniversary show of AEWs, purely because last year uh, I was in a bit of a bad place, brother, and no crowd being there didn't exactly help matters. Be like, hey, it's been a year. Remember last year when there was loads of people and it was great, and now, uh, I mean, Austin Gunn's having a great time, but beyond that, oh, it's a bit rubbish, isn't it? It's nice to have a one where we can actually properly celebrate two years of AEW. Oh, Christ almighty, absolutely. It's one of those where it's like, at the time, and, you know, we extended a lot of latitude towards the pandemic era, and they did do a marvellous job of making it not thoroughly depressing. <laughs> Even it was great, and somehow, often it was, it was still bittersweet. This is the real stuff. This is the real quiz. Yes, exactly. You know what? Someone should sit down and really chat about, I don't know, two years of AW Dynamite and how it's been, really, shouldn't they? I Yeah, that seems like an all right idea. Someone yeah. should do it. Someone. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure someone will do, do in the next... Three to four days, probably like Saturday lunchtime. Out, uh, subscribe to what called dressing. If you want to get it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we've got a lot to look forward to tonight, though. Sige, um, fallout from last week's show, of course, uh, and fallout from Rampage as well, leading us to this magnificent eight man. It is the elite versus what I'm calling Team Danielson, that being Brian Danielson, Christian Cage, and Jurassic Express. I mean, someone's oh, technically. Has got to go here. Adam Cole's on one side, Brian Danielson's on the other. They have had perfect records so far in AEW. But this is just, I mean, again, I often say this, they have to actively try hard to make this a bad match with the people involved. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, what a scintillating moment of drama it is without even booking a single spot. As you said, someone's always got to go. And in the meantime, CM Punk's going up those rankings because, as I've said before, 
in his post all out promo, well his post main event promo, Kenny Omega said that my nearest challenges are either tied already, CM Punk, they don't work here, Danielson, or they're already dead, Adam Cole. So it's like a three-way race, and this hangman page is just absolutely overflowing with drama and permutations. This match should be absolutely incredible. Banger oh, clacks and yeah. all the rest of it. Like all of these guys are incredible. Several are just genre masters of putting together multi-man matches, trios, tags, eight mans, whatever. You're going to see some absolutely blistering action worked at a breakneck pace, but there's going to be a lot of awesome layers to it. They could have a four and a quarter star match without even exploring characters or dynamics or building anything. They could do this in their sleep. Like anything less than four and a quarter stars will be a disappointment. Um, even four and a quarter might be like, all right, okay, I expected this to be absolutely incredible. There are so many things I'm looking forward to, not least of which there's so much to build on. They haven't even done Danielson versus Cole in any kind of iteration yet. When they square off against each other, that's an instant holy chant before they do anything. <laughs> we haven't... There's going to be an awesome anticipation ahead of Danielson and Omega getting in the ring, which Omega can tease by not wanting to get in there because he knows what happens. Danielson's got his number. He knows that Danielson's got his number, so he'll want to get there at the very end, if at all. So the way they'll build that drama will be great. Danielson and Cole... Like the favorite thing about this is when they have a great match, people are going to know sell it. And, well, hang on. I've seen a tweet of yours, and it's from uh, November 2019 when you <laughs> thought this was awesome. But, oh, yeah, you know, if if WWE did it, you'd love it. And, in fact, you did. Can't wait for the hypocrisy to be exposed then. That'll be phenomenal. Like, Nick Jackson versus Danielson can do their stuff. That was incredible in front of a hotter crowd. So that's one great thing going for it. Like, Matt Jackson versus Jungle Boy is like one of the less heralded combinations of wrestlers that can work stuff. They had one of the best matches in Dynamite history, mm. and it's been overlooked as such because there are so many great matches in Dynamite history. Uh, the Bucks versus Jurassic Express, the one, if you recall, they worked. That was the impetus for Tony Khan in character to say, look, you're taking the piss with the elite interferences. There has to be a cage match. That match was awesome. So awesome that if you remember how great Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks was at All Out... People still wanted Jurassic Express versus Young Bucks because they wanted to see that awesome match run back. Like, even the most, oh, this is a great sequence, but I can't wait for Omega and Danielson to do it again. Every sort of, oh, this is a great sequence. It's like four and a half star level. Mm -hmm. And then you're building towards the five star level sequence. Like, this should be great. I'm particularly looking forward to the Danielson Cole thing. Yeah. That'll be incredibly interesting. They had a promo battle um, on Rampage where it was alluded mm -hmm. that they are going to have a big match down the line. Um, I'm also really, really curious, and I'm going to be watching very closely the interactions between Kenny Omega and Adam Cole. We saw at All Out that when and people say I'm reaching for this, I don't think I'm reaching. I think Kenny Omega makes every second of his work count. When at All Out, we know what's happening. The super click are already feeling splintered off from the elite. At All Out, when the Young Bucks kissed Adam Cole on the cheek, watch Kenny Omega's head. Go, go back and watch that. You probably watched it a hundred times. It was so awesome. Kenny Omega's head just sort of peers over the three of them as if he's on literally on the outside looking in. That was spectacular. The uh, details in the Rampage post-match when Kenny Omega tapped just before Cole mm -hmm. did was exceptional. I'm really looking forward to their interplay in this match. Who tags who in? Who's 
going to tag someone in or tag themselves in if someone's looking like they're impressing a little bit too much. Adam Cole could go on an absolutely amazing run in this match and Kenny Omega can accidentally or on purpose or deliberately even tag himself in because he does want to be upstaged by the guy who might even one day usurp the elite from under him like this. I expect this to be an absolute masterpiece. One thing I'll say is that I love this promotion and I can be hyperbolic at times. I genuinely thought... Dark Order versus the Elite. which could be like a five-star, better than any Survivor Series match ever. It was great. It's like a four and a quarter, four and a half-star level match, but maybe I overhyped it. So if there are any listeners out there rubbing their hands in glee at how good I think this match is going to be, you know, it might not be as awesome. But, you know, if you look at the talent involved... I was going to say it's slightly different for me, yeah, because of the people, because of the names involved, because you've got the minds, not just of all the Elite, but you've got your Christian Cages, you've got, you know, Brian Danielson, and... You've got the people who can execute the stuff they've suggested to them, like a jungle boy on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, elite, like This should be absolutely incredible. I hope a lot of time is allocated to it. I expect one match will get announced for tonight's show after we record. Um, they've taken to... Uh, don't do the impromptu. That's great. But there's always one that just says, oh, it's later tonight, but we haven't advertised it. That's a new trend. Uh, I don't mind it. I don't think about it either way. But there's four matches announced. I think they might add one more because mm-hmm. this ladder match is probably going to go long. Um, so I think it'll be five matches and I hope this really gets a lot of time. Yeah, I was going to say, on a show with the TNT Championship on the line and that casino ladder match, it's a strong argument to put this in the main event, but you want it to have enough time. So where would you put it? Would you open the show with this or how, how are you laying it out in your mind? Look, a ladder match is going to be a draw on TV, particularly since they've not done it that often. Um, I would be tempted to do the ladder match last. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly since you can do a big, ridiculous stunt, the recovery from which can easily go through picture in picture. Um, timing that out, I don't know. I just want this to go first because it'll get loads of time. Maybe even a one-hand break. They've only done this a few times, but for really long matches, I hope it gets that kind of um, spotlight. In terms of who wins, that's awesome. I've got no idea. As you said, Adam Cole's going to have to take a loss. Or Brian Danielson's going to have to take a loss. The sanctity of wins and losses mattering in this company is so profound at this point that in itself, this has got incredible drama before a single flip is flipped or a single dive is done or a single hit is kicked in. (laughs) For me, they could very easily have Danielson tap out Omega. Yeah. New Japan style. WWE style, if you want to be less generous. Um, But they've made mention of the ranking system mattering in terms of Danielson. Um, I don't know if it's cheap to have Danielson win in this way. Man, I've got no idea. My initial suspicions have Luchasaurus getting pinned. Yes. And Danielson has to go through the rankings. Did he get pinned in the trios match? Luchasaurus, yes. But at the same time... Jungle Boy is the guy who needs to be protected. Yeah. I know he got beat off Cole, but you don't want to do it too often. No, I And Luchasaurus is like, got a ceiling. It's not going to be a main eventer like Jungle Boy might be. That Adam Cole will be. That Christian Cage can like orbit. Mm -hmm. At any point over the next three years of how long this run's going to be, he needs to be kept protected because the idea is ultimately he exists to put other people over. And if you beat him too often... It won't work. Um, I just realized, yeah, you've got the dynamic as well of 
I don't, we don't know if it's still happening or not. It's one of those things, the beauty of AEW is it is still bubbling under. It's not like, have they forgotten about this? Often they just, you know, go away from the, the path for a few di- few weeks and come back to it. Yeah. So you could see something involving Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. Maybe Christian Cage is the one who takes the loss and is angry because maybe Jungle Boy could have made the save, but he tried to do something spectacular. There's loads of narrative ramifications. Like you've just pitched that. The second I committed to the elite winning, I thought, well, what if Cole costs Omega? Yeah. You know, there's loads. That's what's going to make it such an absolutely absorbing viewing experience. My money is going to be on the word tits coming out of your mouth tomorrow and not when it comes to the tightest tits in the game either. Uh, very excited for that perfect wake-up call for a Thursday morning for you and I. Uh, let's talk as well about the TNT Championship match. Sammy Guevara won it last week on the wonderful Anna, not anniversary show, the, the dedicated show for Brody Lee, honouring his memory and, and quite appropriate that the TNT Championship would change hands there. He's immediately, of course, defending it against one Bobby Fish, who was formerly of the other parish. And, uh, well, I suppose this one's all about who can handle the pressure of the anniversary show if the Road 2's anything to go by. Yeah, I mean, oh, that Road 2 doesn't really uh, give me much confidence because it paints a picture of Bobby Fish as a guy who's had all of his creativity pummeled out of him, uh, pummeled out of him, rather. Um, yeah, if you've watched the Road 2, Bobby Fish literally says four times in a four-minute promo, the pressure is on Sammy Guevara's shoulders. Um, it isn't. The pressure here is on Bobby Fish to deliver like a really, really, really strong TV match because if he's going to um, work more with AEW going forward, he has to make a fantastic impression. Bobby Fish, one of the best tag team wrestlers of his or potentially any other generation. Like the, If you catalogue all of his great matches um, with Kyle O'Reilly across ROH and NXT, like he's as good a tag team practitioner as anyone. Uh, maybe not anyone, but you know what I mean, certainly in that A-minus tier. He's thrashed. He's an older guy than most people realize. Um, His latter period in NXT was just plagued by injury upon injury. Um, There was an absolute banger of a match. And it's one of those where people overlook it or forget about it because Riddle's a knob and it was just on the cusp of the world changing forever. Um, Portland, it was the Broseways versus Undisputed Era. Oh, yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. And it's like, it's harsh to say, oh, Bobby Fish just about hung in, hung in there because the pace was just so ridiculous. And it's a good thing. Like, it's a commendable thing that he hung in, hung in there, but he certainly kind of was at various points hanging in there. Um, yeah, he just looks thrashed to me. And I don't know if it was like just a lack of interest in what NXT had become or whether it was just physically not up to the challenge, but. My expectations for this are really quite low. Um, he didn't appear like this superstar who'd been senselessly fired by WWE in this Road 2 promo. And his work over the past calendar year, if not longer, really indicated to me that, yeah, he's plagued by injuries and he's really slowed down quite a lot. I love the fact that it's happening. I love the idea that he can just walk into another promotion on the back of his genuinely really impressive accolades elsewhere and be presented as a big deal worth challenging for a title. It's another continuation of AEW's philosophy where all wrestling counts and everyone deserves a shot if they're good enough in a meritocracy. All of these things, I love the concept behind the match more than I think the match will be good. 
Retention for Sammy Guevara? Oh, easy. Yeah. Easy, easy, easy. I think they'll have a hell of a job convincing you otherwise. One thing that does give me a little bit of encouragement on this Road 2 promo, Bobby Fish, and he's obviously going to do this, he was very adamant, and I know this because he repeated everything he said five times. You know, so do I, so maybe I shouldn't be so harsh. Um, he was adamant that this is the authentic Bobby Fish. He used the word authentic Bobby Fish um, quite a lot. So this is interspersed with footage of him doing MMA sparring and training. So I expect him to go full ball with his MMA influence style, yes. which is very different um, to what we usually see on AEW TV. And hopefully it's not so intricate that it loses a crowd that genuinely seems to get higher for its high spot. I just don't know. Like I, I can't go into it predicting, oh, this should be a banger because it's a good wrestler versus a good wrestler or a great wrestler versus a great wrestler because form matters for a lot and Bobby Fish ain't in any good form. Mm. Uh, finally, before we move on, any nod to or possibly even some sort of backstage interaction between Fish and Cole for you or is that just going to be... You know, we've got two separate things going on here. Let's not muddy the waters too much. Well, Adam Cole retweeted the match graphic with either a chin stroke emoji or an eyeball emoji. One of these, I love a tease. Mm. I love to edge you, these professional wrestlers. <laughs> Imagine getting edged by Adam Cole, that would rule. Um, <laughs> what a sexy man he is. Um, so maybe, I've got no idea. Look, if Fish performs tonight, get him in. Yeah. You can never have... Particularly, like, it will be a like, every role, mostly in AEW, by default is like not too oppressive. And you can never have too many great hands who can bring your young roster along. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Now, it's the anniversary show for AEW Dynamite, and we could be celebrating another major landmark milestone tonight. Uh, Hikaru Shida hitting 50 wins, but for her to do that, she's got to get past Serena Deeb, and possibly you and I think that for once all the build-up is going to be for naught because maybe Serena Deeb might spoil this party a little bit. I hope she does. This is a phenomenal little low-key storyline detail, like just a lovely kind of attentive... It's like a really attentive thing that they've spotted or they've built towards or they've just noticed and they thought, right, that's great. How do we get something out of this? And it all, and here comes the refrain again, and it all works because wins and losses matter and sustained long-term storytelling matters. Even if a lot of Akara Shida stuff was Challenger of the Week fair and I wish you get Shida on YouTube because we haven't done much with her. Even if it's apathetic, it's still like a robust way of presenting a performer. It's not just arbitrary. Oh, she can lose this week. Or, you know, oh, she's quite over. Or she's respected by the AW base. She can lose to Red Velvet to set up her week and it all ends up in this muddled mm. tier bollocks. So I love the hook. And what I love most about it is that Serena Deeb gets over as a heel if she spoils the party and you don't reach 50. But what's the shame in having won 49 matches before that? Yeah. None whatsoever. The very hook with which they are selling this match puts Hikaru Shida over, whether she wins or loses. Love it, love it, love it. I think the match will be great. I love the idea of... I might get my favorite dream spot, dream match spot in this match. Um, we saw it, in fact, at the double or nothing buy-in when Riho kept going for the knee. Yeah. And uh, Deeb kept rolling through into a single leg crab. Hikaru Shida's striking game is, like, great. And when she actually launches into Deeb's face, that'll be great. But at the same time, it's what's so great about Serena Deeb as this wonderful defensive wrestler is every opponent's strike is essentially a trap that <laughs> she can use to reverse. And Hikaru Shida's very strike-oriented. I expect this to be an excellent, strategic, well-built professional wrestling match that I hope was carefully positioned on the show because it's going to be bookended surely by two total fireworks factories in terms of the ladder match, the carnage, the the plunder, and the spot build, spot build, spot build, spot build construction of the eight man. So I hope it just goes in the middle mm. where there's a promo to get the crowd down after one of the matches, and then you do do it at the top of the hour. Why the hell not? Yeah, I, I sense maybe the TNT Championship match might go at the top of the hour. But, but this can go after. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just don't want it to be crammed in for that last bit before the main event, basically. Because as much as we have had good matches and showcase matches recently, you had the, the uh, I'm going to say, the three-woman match on uh, on Rampage. You've had the never-ending bloody Tay J, Penelope Ford, Bunny stuff. I think this really re-establishes Ha, the depth of that women's division that has really grown in the last year or two years, if you want to talk about it as a, as a growth within AEW Dynamite, because rather than it being like, okay, well, Britt Baker's got past Ruby Soho, and we'll just rotate one of like Chris Statlander yeah. or someone else in there. You're like, oh, yeah, don't sleep on these, because Britt Baker may have won the title off of Kari Shida, but those two can have another banger. You've got, obviously, Thunder Rosa desperately trying to yeah. get there. Jade Cargill's just undefeated, as far as I know. This just reminds you, oh, yeah, and Serena Deeb, who is just one of the best female wrestlers over the past couple of years, without question. Um, what's next for Cody Rhodes? We've seen what's 
Next for Armed Anderson, probably some jail time, to be yeah. really honest. But what's next for Cody? I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how the fallout of last week affects him. Indeed. Um, for those who missed Rampage, increasingly, a decent amount of you, uh, Malachi Black cut a promo in which he sold the Cody Rhodes program. He hoped that it had affected Cody adversely to put it over, but then said he's looking forward to doing what, to infecting the other members of the roster or whatever stuff he says. <laughs> um, he's better in the ring. So we know what isn't next for Cody, and that's Malachi Black. That's done. Good. He's won the feud. He's won the program. Will people point this out on Squared Circle? Well, no, because they're all dicks. <laughs> but we know that much. Um, so it feels like a Cody heel turn is forthcoming. But I just don't know. He's self-aware enough to realize he's getting the booze. He's building his performances and his matches and the way he's tagging into matches even around the fact that he knows he's getting booed. So one would expect a heel turn is forthcoming because once you start getting boos, it's untenable. It's logical that if your audience has turned on you, if you double down and go more babyface, that's just going to fuel the resentment that causes the booze in the first place. There's no going back, is what I'm trying to say. And it'll be a slow burn. Cody will take his time. He'll have a destination in mind for this. I don't know what it is, but he will have one. And 2018 Cody Rhodes is one of the best heels of all time. One of the most underrated heels of all time. He was clever enough to realize, right, what are the two, what's the hottest thing that everyone loves that I can get heat with? Right, the Bullet Club. People adore the Bullet Club. People know me for now as an ex-WWE guy who's solid in the ring. Great fun of man. Great fun of man. But, you know, not this flashy, explosive guy. Um, he used to, like, do loads of, like, stalling because he knew, oh, then he's not doing moves. <laughs> he's not doing moves. Piss off you. You're not doing moves. So he knew what he was doing. He's always known what he was doing. Um, but, yeah, he just decided, right, okay, well, the Bullet Club is a sacred cow. I'm going to put a bullet in its brain. And um, Bullet Club is fine. The Bullet Club's fine. Like he knew exactly what he was doing. And the uh, he turned heel on a t shirt and got over. This is what I was about to say to you. I've been thinking about this. And, you know, rather than being this sort of formulaic, uh, he does another tag match with Lee Johnson and Lee Johnson gets pinned and then he destroys him with a chair or something, which is very sort of basic. And I sense that, like you say, it's more big picture with Cody, especially when he talks about not being so definitive with baby faces and heels. I wonder if there's something this week where uh, they do an interview with him or he has a match and then they do a post-match chat with him and they say, Cody, we've got to talk about you know what happened last week. And he's like, yeah, we do. It was the first week of Roads to the Top, baby! <laughs> yeah. And he shills for that and he shills for the Go Big Show and he just almost no-sells the fact that the fans have kind of turned on him and, and the you know, Nightmare Factory's moving on without him, maybe. Well, that's a brilliant idea, Wilborn, because I think his extracurricular activities are much of what is fueling yeah. the resentment. They feel like he's on an island, that he comes in, he does his programs, and they feel disconnected from the otherwise intimately interconnected AEW universe. And they feel like, not that he's selling out, but... He's always got an eye on something else. Yes, indeed. It's unfocused. It's hard to invest in his AEW work. And maybe they are t like sending him a message. He's doing a lot of it in service of AEW, yeah. we should add. 
And in fact, he has subverted the criticisms that he just comes in and works a, a certain brand of story where you can kind of guess where it's going. And a lot of his uh, nightmare factory and family associates are folded into it. He put Malachi Black over by making you think he was just going to do the same thing. And then in fact, he subverted everything. He should get more respect. Yeah. And as Hamlet has suggested previously, as part of that whole thing, effectively, this could be the first step on the road to Cody Rhodes versus CM Punk for the, you said you were going to make a change, I made the change, and yet these fans love you more for it. Sort of yeah, thing. yeah, I think the promo exchanges there will be absolutely incredible. Uh, we will get to the ladder match in a second. Just a couple of things to follow up on from last week. How is your development, first of all, to getting the tightest tits in the game? You been doing the workouts, bro? Well, I've actually forgotten. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it, it a little bit now. Well, whilst we're doing these stretches, okay, you can do them at home. You just sort of cross your arms in front of you and try and reach back as yeah. far as well, possible. Here's the thing. I did get some Twitter feedback when okay. we posed the question, how do you make your titties dance? <laughs> and it's like well-meaning, um, like bits of advice where people said, oh, you should do the arm thing. And, you know, your brain will eventually... Um, click that you want to do something with your tits <laughs> and it'll start doing it automatically. And then there were two guys, I forget the names of the guys. Both of them look pretty ripped. One, <laughs> I could only see his head on the avatar, but I thought I was, I was peering over and I thought, you've got a kick and bod underneath that head, I can tell. And he basically just said, yeah, well, you need to put on the work. And, oh, it sounds like, <sighs> sounds like work. And there's some absolutely ripped fella, like full guns on the profile pick, like went on his profile and he's like, he's a gym rat. And he's like, um, yeah, well you have to learn how to bench press first. <laughs> and I went, oh mate, sounds like a lot of work. And he's like, yep, it is. You're probably best off flexing your biceps instead. And I thought, thanks. Well, that's not, just enable my delusions. Yeah. Well, I'll ask the bosses about getting a little, little gym in for us. And we can do it, do one of the podcasts live from the gym whilst we're clanging and banging. Well, you know what? You, you, you say this facetiously. Dave Meltzer found three-hour roars such a dull, repetitive waste of time that he selected watching Raw on telly, which he has to do for his job. He just started lifting weights and working out and watching it at the same time. What if we start doing that? That's a good idea. I'll tell you what, we'll talk more about this. Uh, we also have to quickly mention, I'm sort of excited and incredibly nervous about this yet again this week. That's MJF with a live microphone. I sense this week is round two in MJF tries to break Darby Allen. And uh, what more could he possibly say? I mean, that's the hook. That's the fear. Look, MJF knows exactly where the line is. If you consider some of the things he said, some of the Jesus Christ-like reactions he's elicited from people, and yet he's never, ever been on the verge of just doing rubbish, 4chan, edgelord. Yeah. You're going to get cancelled territory. He's too clever. He's too smart. He knows where the line is. He so started, I, let's not forget, his amuse-bouche was wish you were dead instead of your uncle. That's... That's uh, phase one. <laughs> phase one. Um, yeah, I've got no idea what he could possibly say that's worse than that. 
I don't want to think. <laughs> you of, don't want to pitch any. I'm not asking uh, you to I don't pitch. Wanna, I don't want to pitch anything. Um, I will let the really great heel do my work for me. And I will repeat what I said last week. What an ingenious little hook. Okay, of, I've said possibly the worst thing you can imagine. And you've no sold it. And now I'm taking that as a challenge to say something worse to sort of unsettle you ahead of the match we're probably going to do at the pay-per-view. I don't know what he's going to say, but the fact that we are debating it mm -hmm. is a, a good appraisal of the promo he did last week. And we all know it's possibly heading in the direction of Wardlow giving an F10 to Sting. So there you go. Thank you to everyone, by the way, who tagged me, Sijin, and Hamflet, and all of us here at What Culture in that. Mwah! Oh, that picture-perfect murder of Marco Stunt by Wardlow from, I believe, Dark this week. I've watched that on a loop over and over It's again. awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Right, let's conclude by talking about this casino ladder match. Andrade, Pac, Orange Cassidy, Matt Hardy, John Moxley, Lance Archer, and the Joker. Uh, the winner, of course, getting a title opportunity, in the words of the other promotion. Um, it's difficult to, to pick... Who's going to win out of those six, I think it's fair to say. I think you and I probably believe it is going to be the Joker. Now, I've heard suggestions from all over the place. The obvious one is someone like a Hangman Page returning, perhaps. Miro needs, a, you know, something new to, to set his sights on. Maybe it could be him. Buddy Murphy is another suggestion. Uh, who do you think the Joker's going to be, and how do you see this playing out? Because, of course, I'd say, I think it was... Uesugi Kenshin, regular contributor on Twitter, who suggested that Hangman Page is the Joker but the match has already been won by the time he comes out, which would just be so, so him, it's almost cruel. Yeah, I've been back and forth on this, and I still haven't arrived at a firm answer. Hangman Page, there's two ways of looking at it. This They're going to have to break the stipulation at some point. Not ideal. If they think of a clever enough way to get around the fact that they've said he is no longer allowed through the result of a match that is genuinely kept quite sacred around these parts, that he can't challenge for AEW's title, uh, top title, as long as it's held by Kenny Omega. Is him winning a casino ladder match, particularly since, as the Joker, he won't be toiling for 20 minutes, like five at most? Does that cheapen it? I don't know. Does is this the Charlie Bucket getting the golden ticket sort of finally some luck comes his way? Yeah, potentially. I don't know if it cheapens it. I don't know that any other option doesn't cheapen it. I do know that I still desperately want to see it. So maybe I will be generous if, in fact, it's him. There's a certain poetry to it all, and that started by being the Joker. Mm -hmm. And Kenny Omega could remind him of this and say, oh, you got yourself a little loophole, but remember the last time you won one of these little casino gimmicks, you failed because you're a failure, you're an alcoholic, you're a loser, all of this kind of stuff. My gut tells me that unless the reaction's amazing, unless I get my mind like changed on the night, the rational part of my brain, before I get swept up in something I might get swept up in, my initial thought is that's a cheap thing to do. And I don't love it at all. So I don't necessarily think it's going to be Hangman, surely, because Hangman Page collaborates with his creative. He's one of the most intelligent guys in pro wrestling. I think they could come up with something better. Uh, Buddy Matthews has teased it, and he deleted it. And I don't know 
ultimately whatever he's trying to do, if he's not the Joker, has succeeded because we're talking about it on a podcast and we're keeping his name in the conversation and that's... Did something with Osprey in the past a while back, I seem to remember on Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's, it's currency, there. it's currency. Kenny Omega said that he'd love to work with Buddy Murphy, Buddy Matthews, he rates him highly. If he was just trying to get his name in circulation, it's worked. If, in fact, he was a little bit too... Um, thrilled about being the Joker and was told, delete that right now, you've ruined it, then maybe it could be him. You know, wrestlers tease all the time. Mm -hmm. It's in their DNA, they're total workers. Um, maybe. On the basis that Kenny Omega said he wants really like to work with them, he's available. Who the hell knows? My other two picks, well, there's three. Uh, one won't get a pop. Oh. And that's uh, Mike Speedball Bailey. He should get a pop. He <gasps> got rules. a pop from me. He rules. Love that guy. There was um, rumors well before, or like not well before, but a few months before NXT 2.0 happened that Speedball was in negotiations with WWE. But I don't think they're looking after a guy of his ilk anymore. <laughs> right, they're just not. They dress him as a giant pinball or something. They're like, Speedball, that's basically a pinball, right? I mean, it, the. The karate thing would get very much flanderized if, in fact, he does go. Um, the crane kick. Omega and Bailey once had a match that Omega loved in PWG. So, that, again, that's another connection that we can... Like, we like to inform our predictions. Mm -hmm. That's what we like to do. Um, Bray Wyatt's no-compete hasn't expired yet, I don't think. Nope. I'm still of the opinion that they don't want him there. Nope. And, moreover... Like, it's all very thorny, the no-compete. Like, can they just waive it or whatever? Like, I didn't, I never used to think they could. No. But apparently they can, under circumstance. I'd, I've got any idea, to be honest. And even if they can, and I don't know for sure, like, surely they could just do this any old time if, in fact, it was the way to get Wyatt into the main event picture. I don't think it's him. My other two picks are Jay White and Osprey. <sighs> they are currently operating stateside. Osprey and Omega did a work shoot thing on Twitter not too long ago where Omega was saying, oh, I spoke to Osprey and Jay White, actually, when I left and said, right, you're the new guys who have to take my spot and make New Japan better than he found it. Wrestlers love that expression. <laughs> and as Omega points out, they didn't. Like, it's New Japan's past its peak. So they've used that as a little Twitter interaction. Um so Omega does definitely want to work Osprey again. Maybe we'll see it in AEW. Jay White and Omega had a confrontation in an Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. Um, I can't remember which one. It was after the Sammy Callahan match. Um, that because Omega, through various circumstances, had to drop the title to Christian Cage, was never followed up on in Impact, they might still do something in AEW. But at the same time, this is building towards a TV match, one would think that acts as a defense for Omega to have before Danielson or Page. I can't see New Japan wanting Jay White or Osprey to just simply lose to Omega on television. I've got no idea is what I'm trying to get across. If I was going to put money on it, I would say... Um, Hangman Page, but I'm not happy about it. Mm. Yeah, in terms of the rest of the people in this match, it sort of pairs off quite nicely to take each other as Andrade and Pac, Orange Cassidy, Matt Hardy, John Moxley, Arn Tarcher, all men with with histories. Very quickly, something else we've talked about in the office, there is going to come a point where Orange Cassidy refuses to climb the ladder, isn't there? Indeed. 
I hate this he format. He literally tweeted this. Indeed. I hate this format. If you're Tony Khan, right, and you've gone to great expense to either hire a new full-time guy or give a guy in kayfabe using your, this is a fictional world head, a big one-off fee for a short-term date or whatever. You're not getting someone in for free. You're paying money. The match could be won by someone else if it's meant to be halfway real before the guy you've paid a lot of money arrives at the end of a long match as the Joker because they're doing an elimination countdown format. It sucks. It's a bad idea. Um, Very illogical. I hate the format of this match. It'll go over big time in the live crowd. It's a ladder match on telly. It's a la- it's a live ladder match. People will love it, and it will hmm. make the f- fact that it barely makes sense matter less because it'll be loud and it'll be fun and it'll be violent and it'll probably be spectacular when Pac and Andrade are doing their thing. So Pac and Andrade will do their thing. Mahardi and Orange Cassidy are obviously having a feud. Moxie and Archer, and we'll got- get to see Jack Evans' bald head hopefully. Yes, and Moxie and Archer have got great violent chemistry. I hate this format. I will allow it if instead of getting two of the three pairs to start the match, I will allow it if it's Archer and Cassidy to start. <laughs> and then Cassidy, yeah. and then Moxley third, because then Cassidy can just do lazy stuff while they beat the hell out of each other, and then Matt Hardy comes out. Because if you... Not just Archer-Cassidy is the famous, like, customary Cassidy confrontation with someone. Like, him kicking Archer's legs... That'll get, like, the whole reaction from the crowd. It'll be awesome. But if you put Cassidy in first, you can build his willingness and drive to climb the ladder throughout the first 10 minutes of the match. First, he can't be arsed. And then Archer just destroys him. Then the, the I can already see the visual of him climbing the ladder with his hands. Yeah. <laughs> and in the moment where he finally starts to try... He realizes, oh, Christ, I'm going to get beaten the hell up if I don't try and win this one, so I might as well try. That's when Hardy, like, sends him through a table when he's clutching at the, uh, the title. So you can build that for Cassidy as the narrative through line, around which you just have Pac and Andrade doing mad stuff on ladders, um, Mox and Archer killing each other with ladders, and then the Joker comes in to win. Like, if it's Cassidy, Archer, I'll be in a much better mood. Yeah. My pick for the Joker... I'm just going to steal Andy's because I think it's absolutely genius. Matt Cardona. That was mine. Was it yours? Well, I said in the office, the reason why I haven't pitched it here is because Omega's a heel. And under this fantasy booking idea, it would only work if there's like a John Moxley type or a Hangman type as AEW World Champion because Matt Cardona was so great and GCW was like this interloper of a heel. Mm -hmm. If he could come back to AEW and integrate some of that into his act and say, you all missed me? It's like, well, everyone thought you kind of sucked in AEW. And he could use that to be a heel in AEW. I think there's money in that. But again, it doesn't work with Omega as champion. But is it? Is it definitely the world title or is it yes, any title? Oh, I'm pretty certain it's the world. Oh, certain it's the world. He, could, he could win that and go for the TNT championship because yeah. he wants to be on TV every single week yeah. just for you guys because he knows how much we've missed you. Yeah. And especially if he came out to Hangman Page's thing. 
That'd be awesome. Can you imagine? Anyway, let us know your thoughts and your picks and your predictions ahead of tonight's uh, anniversary special AEW Dynamite on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... Um, Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Our review of NXT 2.0 is available right now. We had a lot of fun chatting about that this week. Uh, and our review of this show will be out tomorrow if you subscribe to what culture wrestling it will drop into your feed as soon as it is released but now this has been the aew dynamite preview my thanks to michael sidgwick thank you for joining us and we will see you soon hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing i love that luxury quality within reach go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com style